Well, how are we doing this morning? Are we doing well? Yeah. Doing well? Excited to be in the house of the Lord, praising, worshiping. We're going to learn from His Word what He has to say to us. I'm excited to study out what God has for us. Before we jump into that, I want to quickly highlight a couple announcements. We have a small group kickoff starting in our small group ministries are starting in September. And we have a kickoff day just to celebrate that ministry and really just get a large group of people. We're hoping that if you're involved in a small group or you're interested in a small group, you'll come. Enjoy yourself. We have a lot of great food. We got Bill Johnson, evidently, is going to cook for us. So we got some catered food. We've got like a bounce house. We got face painting, all kinds of this fun activity. And we even have a dunk tank. We even have a dunk tank. And guess who's getting in that dunk tank? Me. But like I said a couple weeks ago, I'm not too scared. I've seen the athletic ability of my congregation. I'm going to be very dry that day. I'm going to be very dry. I'm not concerned at all. <laughs> even, though, even though I've got a couple baseball players over here, and I've got to think they're going to try for me, right? They're going to try. We'll see. We'll see. Hey, but it's going to be a lot of fun, and I, I encourage you to come out that day and, and really just, we're going to have some worship, some, some study, and it's going to be the start of our small group season. Okay. Also, we have a volunteer board. So, we as a family all have a part to do. You know, this is called the family of God. You're all brothers and sisters in Christ means that we have a responsibility not only to each other, but to the group collectively. And so what we have is a volunteer board right outside these doors, and, and to the right, we took a picture so you can kind of identify it. Now, the exciting thing about being part of the family of God, that it's not a chore to serve. Actually, you've been gifted, and God has enabled you to do something to benefit the kingdom. And when you're using that gift, man, it's exciting. Are you... It just fires you up. Amen. So, so walk out, take a look at that board, and see if there's something that you can do to help us here. And there's some sign-up cards right at the bottom of it. And you just put your name and maybe the ministry you're interested in, and then you'll see a little slot you can slip that into. We'd love for you to check it out right after this service, find places to serve. Okay. We're in a series called Love the Lost. And we're talking about sharing the faith, our faith, with other people. And I'm, I'm excited about this series because you who are a follower of Jesus Christ, you in this room who believe in Jesus Christ, you're filled with the Holy Spirit and you have been entrusted with the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's been given to you and the Holy Spirit will employ you to share. And now, now I want to... Explain why, why I'm so excited about this series. When I was a 17-year-old kid, I mean, partying, smoking a lot of pot, drinking, partying, doing the football thing, someone invited me to a youth group setting and I heard about Jesus Christ. And it completely changed my life. It took one invite for me to walk into a church setting, hear the gospel, Hear how Jesus saves you from your sins. And, and I knew ex that's exactly what I needed. 
There's so much emptiness in my heart. And I gave my heart to Christ, and I've never been the same. God says we're ambassadors. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making His appeal through us. Isn't it incredible that God uses imperfect people to share His truth? Like, like jars of clay, but we carry this, in, this incredible message. The saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, we, we share that. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. And that's what we're sharing with people. To be, to be reconciled with God. We're on mission with Christ to seek and to save lost people. That's cool. I, I don't know about you, that gives me purpose every day. Every day is an adventure when you don't know how the Holy Spirit's going to use you to talk to someone about Jesus. All right, this morning, what I want to do is I want to address some of the reasons why people don't share their faith. I want to talk through this because I believe that every person here should be, should be talking about Jesus Christ, but, but why don't we? I want to address some of those reasons. I, I read a research article this past week written by Crew Ministries where they interviewed 1,600 Christians and asked them why you don't share your faith. And these are some of the reasons that they found. First, People question if it really is their thing to talk about Jesus. I mean, isn't that for the professionals? I, I, don't, I don't know if that's really me. I mean, maybe it's, it's you, Nate. Maybe it's that evangelist that came last week. It's his job, but it's not my job. Right? Okay, I want you to read this verse with me. Jude 1.3 says, Dear friends, although I was very eager to write to you about the salvation we share... I felt compelled to write and urge you to what? Contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to God's holy people. See, you who are followers of Jesus Christ, I know, and I will never assume that everyone in this room is a true believer in Christ, but you who are, you are God's holy people. And something's been given to you. And it's so precious, it's so important that it has to be talked about. The, the word contend means to earnestly explain or, or to say this is something that you have to hear about and you care deeply about, about, about the faith that's been given to you. You care deeply about what you believe and why you believe what you believe. And, you, and you're sharing, you care about sharing it. And I think it really goes back to the heart of the goodness of God. How good is Jesus Christ? We were singing about him this morning. We are talking about him. But how good is Jesus? I still can't get over that Christ would save me. That Christ would care about just some, some wicked punk kid. And it save me. Choose me. I mean, the love of God is incredible. God loves you. And we can lead into conversations with that. Do you know that God made you and loves you? Every one of you. A couple weeks ago, because I think it's fun to torture myself, we brought five kids to New York City. Okay? Five kids to New York City public transit. 
and we're walking through all of the subway, through all the streets and stuff, and evidently COVID is over in New York City because everybody was out. And we're in Times Square, and it is shoulder to shoulder. My wife insisted on going to the M&M store, right? I was like, go back to the hotel. No, I want to go to the store. I want to go to the store. That place was so crowded. It's like, and I'm going to tell you, when you release a seven-year-old into an M&M store, I mean, that, that's when I thought, if I had a leash, I would just leash that kid. It was like, who's leading who in this whole setting, right? It's like, I, I think I'm just chasing after my kid the whole time while we're running around that store. But what just caught in my mind was the amount of people everywhere, everywhere, thousands of people everywhere. And I was just thinking, wow, God created every one of these people. God knows intimately everything happening in every one of these people's lives. From a guy who, who grew up in Shelby, Michigan, to be walking into New York City, you know, where you don't see a lot of people, you know, and everyone you see, you wave at because you know them. When you're walking in New York City, you can't know half, quarter, a fraction of all the people there. But yet God does. God knows every one of them. What's incredible is the goodness of God towards every person. He gives that, that the gospel call of salvation to everyone, everywhere. Isn't that amazing? That's the goodness of God. We can talk about that. We can talk about the goodness of God. Yeah. If you have a Bible, why don't you go to, to Romans chapter 8. Let's just read about it. Let's just read about the goodness of God. I've given you the page number. If you don't have a Bible with you, we provide a Bible in the chair in front of you. If you can grab it, pull it out, and you can see the page number if you want to follow along. Let's just talk about the love of God here. You know, when it comes to explaining your faith, I want to give you a silly little illustration. You know, my favorite dessert is pie. I love pie. And I really like Traverse City Pie Company pie. That's good pie. If you want to bless your pastor, you can give me a strawberry rhubarb piece of pie. You can leave it on my desk. And if you want to know where my desk is, I'll bring you there personally to show you where to set that thing. But I, I, pie is my favorite dessert. I, I don't know how they make it so good. I don't. I, I know some of the ingredients. I can assume the, some of the ingredients. I don't know how they make it so good, but it doesn't stop me from telling people how good it is. Do you understand? I, I don't know all the ins and outs and the details of how they make that pie, but I can tell you, that's good pie. That's great. It's wonderful. I love it. When it comes to the goodness of God, maybe you might feel like, I don't know if I know everything, but you know something. And if you know Christ, you know enough to talk about how good God is and His love for us. Let's just start reading in verse 31. Isn't this an amazing passage of Scripture? I love this passage. Hear the words of God. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Like, amen? amen. <laughs> That's incredible. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. Gave his son. I just dropped a son off at college. I cried like a baby. Now imagine letting your son go to the cross. I mean, my son's still alive. 
Even though, you know, his basement room is empty, and I'm a little sad over that, right? But I still got a son, but he gave his son to the cross. That's the love of God. That's the love he has for, for humanity. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Like Danny was talking about, by faith, we welcome God, right? We welcome that gift of salvation. You don't earn it. It's a free gift. We receive it, and then no one can bring a charge against you because God does the justifying. Makes you so that you don't have sin anymore in the eyes of God. You now take on the righteousness of Christ. That's amazing. Okay. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. We don't stand condemned before God. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. And Jesus is amazing. Now He's interceding for us and praying for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As written, for your sake we face death all day long. We're considered as sheep to be slaughtered. But no, nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That is the goodness of God that we have experienced. You can talk about that. You, everyone, has been entrusted to share the gospel and talk about how amazing Christ is. And it's interesting how we find it really easy to talk about U of M football and Lions football. If you want to get in a conversation about football with you, I could talk two hours with you, right? We could spend, we could spend all day talking about the new recruits U of M has. <sighs> you save it. You save it. It's always hard when you're the little brother, isn't it? You know, you just never get past that. So, what? But we can talk about football, right? There's certain things that you really care about. What I'm talking about is care about the goodness of God and make that the topic of conversation. All right? What else holds people back from sharing the gospel? I think this is, I mean, this is, this is one of the main reasons. We're afraid that if we, if we start entering into a gospel conversation, we start talking about what it means to have faith in Christ, we're afraid that we might lose a friendship. Or things might get awkward, people might feel uncomfortable, and there might be a little bit of tension, and we don't want that to happen, so we just keep our mouths shut. We don't want the pushback, so it's easier to be silent and keep your faith private than to talk about it. When I first came to Christ, like I was telling you, when I was a 17-year-old boy, I wanted everyone to hear about it. Talk to my teachers about it. I went to family gatherings and said to all my aunts and uncles, you need Jesus. I met Jesus. He's the way to God. How do you think those conversations went? There, there are times there were tension and at times they were heated. And I would never say that I explained myself. 
perfectly. I was just so new to the faith, but I knew the simple truth. That Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one gets to the Father except through Him. So that's what I talked about. I remember my grandma taking me aside. And you know how grandmas are, right? (laughs) When your grandma says something, you listen. Grandma took me aside and she said, Nate, we don't talk about religion or politics at family gatherings. I get what she's trying to do. She's trying to keep the peace. Right? And that's a, that's a motivation that we have. We want to keep the peace. We don't want to cause trouble, right? We, it would be easier just to say nothing. Well, we're afraid of rejection. We're afraid of an argument. We just don't want the headache. Is the gospel worth it? Do we really, really love these people? Or just do we want to avoid trouble? Because if we really, really love them, then they need to hear it. But I get it. It's not, it's not easy. It's, the time's very uncomfortable. I come from a family who don't know Christ. So I get what it's like to try to talk about Jesus with people. I also get what it's like to have conversations with people in the community and people not liking what you have to say. Like this past fall, I I went to the school board meetings to explain that God has a design for sex and marriage and that school systems shouldn't be teaching a value system that's contrary to what people believe. I mean, that, that's, that's very offensive, but really the truth is God has established what should be in, you know, what, what a marriage should look like, and, and that's what, what should be talked about if we're going to talk about anything. Amen. Now, I want to tell you, the superficial pleasantness that you greet, have and pe- with people is lost a little bit when you step out. And I do, of course, I got the pushback, and pushback that anyone would have if they actually start talking about these things. And, but the, re- the reality is, is that Jesus never excused sin. And, and Jesus has established a, a righteousness, and a path of righteousness. We have to talk about these things. We can't just allow brokenness to exist and not address it. What are people turning from and repenting from if we're not explaining that this is how God would want us to live? Please, listen. If you follow what God wants for sex, marriage, and money, the world's going to hate you. Do you hear me? If you follow what God has established in His Word and talk about what God has established for sex, marriage, and money, the world is not going to accept you and you can't be cool anymore. I'm sorry. I'm looking at a lot of you. You're not cool anyways. But you're really, really not going to be cool. Okay? That's gone. But Jesus talks about this. In Luke chapter 17, I've been reading this passage a lot. I feel like it just applies to this day and age. Jesus said, just as it was in the days of Noah, so also it will be in the days of the Son of Man. He's talking about the days we're living in. 
He says, people were eating and drinking and marrying and being given in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark, then the flood came and destroyed them all. He said, here's Noah building this ark. It took him over 100 years to build that thing. He was called a preacher of righteousness, so he was warning the world of coming judgment. But, but the world wouldn't listen. So only one family got on that ark. But did it stop Noah from saying something? No, so, so we have a job to do. And even if it makes it uncomfortable, we say something anyways. The righteous minority must speak truth to the wicked majority. We must. You hear me? The righteous minority, you who know truth, the saving knowledge of God, has to speak it. That's what the pattern we see in the scriptures over and over and over again. We are on a mission of Christ to share the gospel while preserving the uncompromised message of Christ. We're on mission with Christ while preserving the uncompromised message of Christ. It's not easy. I'm not saying it's easy, but it's necessary and that we walk that balance correctly. Remember, people lied about Jesus and they're going to lie about you. But that doesn't doesn't mean that we're combative or argumentative. You know, it's interesting. As I would explain my position or my thoughts at the school board meetings, I spent, they give you a lot of time to speak during that open session or the open time to speak. I spent a lot of time telling the school how all the good things that they were doing. Trying to explain that I'm for the school system, not against them. I just try to help with PTO and I help out with the football team. Go Shores. Go with, I, 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 I try to help in any way possible, whatever they need. Teachers are great. Administration, the principal at the high school is a wonderful lady. I have a connection with a lot of people. But this kind of message cannot be spoken here, right? But it was like gentleness and respect, that's the point. As you give the reason for the hope that you have. And remember, the reason we're doing this is because we revere Christ as Lord. Because Jesus is Lord, we don't have an option. We share. Amen? Amen. Okay. That's you. That's me. That's all of us. Next, I think one of the reasons that people don't share is because they are afraid they might say something wrong. We don't want to mess up. If we talk about Christ, if we bring something up, we think, uh, what, 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 if I, what if I don't have an answer for something they're asking me? Or, or what if I say this and it just it doesn't go the way I want it to? Let's talk about that, okay? I got some reasons. I am going to take a moment and explain uh, how to present the gospel. We'll get to that in a moment. But I want to highlight a a few quick things first. The Holy Spirit and the Word of God changes hearts, not you. So we speak and we share for the hope of Christ that we have in our hearts, but it's not a performance. It's it's you with just faithfulness saying this is the truth of God. And then the Holy Spirit takes that and works on that person's heart. I have a story of a man who 
was just at a family, uh, not, no, a work gathering, and he was talking with a co-worker. And the co-worker dropped one verse, because they got on somewhat of a spiritual conversation. He says, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit, forfeit your soul? That's what the co-worker said. Now this guy was a hardened worker all his life, factory worker, just, he didn't want to hear that. Until later, when he was doing some tile in one of his rentals, God brought that verse back up. And you know what God said to him? You're going to lose your soul. And then that verse came back to mind. Who changes the hearts of people? You're not convincing someone like you're selling them a car. You're just talking about Jesus and then the Holy Spirit takes it and changes their heart. He's the one who does the convicting. Jesus says when He, the Holy Spirit, comes, He will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. The Holy Spirit is going to take every one of those conversations, every one of those seeds you plant and changes the hearts of people. It's all Holy Spirit. I want to keep encouraging you. There's strength in weakness. God uses the foolish things to confound the wise. There's strength in weakness. One of my favorite verses I read, I read it often, I turn to this passage often, is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. It says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the intelligence of the intelligent. I will frustrate. And then he talks about the people who've been called by God. And I love this list because it applies to me. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by, by human standards. Am I a professor at Harvard? No. Hey, hey wait a second here. It really flashed on to that one quick. Not many of you were influential, right? I don't got like two, two million subscribers on YouTube. I mean, I don't have that kind of platform. Not many were of noble birth. Any, any royalty in the room right now? Yeah. <laughs> in your own mind, I tell you. <laughs> but God chose the foolish things of the world shame the wise. See, I'm just an average person, like anyone else. We're all average people. And God uses average people to reach the world for Jesus Christ. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are. That's why I titled this message, The Are Nots. Because that's what we are. We're not super special in any way. We're just a part of God's kingdom. And with a little bit of faithfulness, we'll change this world for Christ. If everybody with a little bit of faithfulness talks about Jesus, we'll change this world for Christ. We are the are nots. And that's great. I have no problem being that. I, I have no aspirations for anything more than just to be used by God for His glory. I just don't, there's nothing else is attractive. No, I should say that. I get tempted at times. Everyone does, right? I mean, I have, the flesh in me can get tempted, 
But when my heart is set on Christ, I don't care. Just whatever you bring, you bring. That's great. Every day is an adventure when you're following Jesus. Every day is an adventure. You don't know who God's going to bring in your path. You don't know what kind of conversation He's going to give you. And you could just be talking about Jesus to everyone. You. We have been entrusted with the gospel to contend for faith. Every one of us. What God wants is a little faithfulness. Just a little bit of faith filled steps for Christ. Faithfulness. Just a little bit. I love the examples when you read in the scriptures. Like when you read in the faith chapter, Hebrews chapter 11, the faithfulness of these people. Like Abraham just packing up his family and moving to a land. He, he didn't even know where he was going, but yet he moved anyways. And then he, his name, Abraham, means father of many nations. Right? He does, but he doesn't have any sons. And then, then he has one son, and it's not from Sarah. Then he gets one promised son, and, and that's his legacy. So how is he a, a father of many nations? But then you see it as the Bible progresses, you get I, Isaac, then you get um, Jacob, and then you get 12 tribes and many, many people. And Ishmael also is a father of many nations. So, so you see how that comes to, to pass, but, but Abraham didn't see it. So, we, by being faithful, can see God move. I, I think about David. Like, D David was anointed king, but he didn't see that immediately. There's a period of time in his life where he, he was being chased around like a stray dog. He was, staying, he was staying in caves, avoiding being caught. And even though he had opportunity to take the kingship, he didn't because he was going to wait for God to do it the proper way. He, he was... He was a man after God's own heart, and he had faithfulness. Even though the rest of the world might have thought it was foolish, he was still faithful. And all, all God is asking from us is just a little bit of faithfulness. And to share that, that good news of Jesus Christ and see what God does. All right. One last thing, and then we're going to get to a quick explanation of how to present the gospel. I think this might be a reason that people don't share their faith. They say, we don't have any opportunity to share my faith. I don't have it. It just never comes up. Or it never feels natural to talk about Jesus. Entering into this conversation doesn't seem to fit. I don't know how to answer this, honestly. Because if you're spirit-filled and you're full of prayer... There's opportunities everywhere. There's constant opportunities. I think to answer this, you have to look into your own heart and ask yourself, am, am I really seeking the heart of God? Because our God is a missionary God. And He wants to see people come to know Jesus, obviously. Jesus talked about this. Jesus went through all the towns and villages teaching in their synagogues proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. Because they're harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Here's Jesus saying, people need me. They need a shepherd. And they're lost and they're helpless and they're hopeless. And there's compassion in there. And see, 
That's the eyes that we need to have as we're walking through our days. Compassion. Knowing that if we just peel back the layers, we'd see a heart that is broken and that needs Jesus. I, I, I don't know how to download that into your heart other than you are praying and seeking the Spirit. This is something that you are putting in on the inside of you. This, this deep relationship for God. And then you look around at everyone around you and you're like, man, you need to know Jesus too. And you do too. And you and everyone. Like, you're walking through mire and you're just like, oh, do they know Jesus? How can I start a conversation? It's just, it's everywhere. Because that heart of compassion, that's the heart of our Savior. And he said, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So he promises that there's many people who need to hear about Christ. I was one invite to hearing about Jesus. It took being invited to church once. I heard the gospel and I gave my heart to Christ. One invite. That's all it takes. You don't know what's really going on in their heart. You don't know what kind of week that, that person had. Maybe you do, but, but a lot of times you don't. But if, you're just, if you just drop that invite, you don't know what the Holy Spirit's doing behind the scenes. Now, I, I, was living, like, I was living kind of wild, but partying, but you know, I, I had such emptiness in my heart that, that I was primed and ready. That girl said, hey, do you want to come to, to church with me? I wasn't even going for the girl. I wanted to hear what that guy at that church had to say. And I went, he explained what I'm going to explain to you in here just in a second, and I gave my heart to Christ. One invite. And everyone likes to be asked to things. So I don't even know what the pressure is. Just say, hey, I go to this church. I like the church, pastor, uh, but I like him. He's okay. Come, come, come to church with me. Even if they decline, at least they got an ass. Who doesn't like to be asked to something? Just invite somebody. Start there. Get to the gospel. That's what I want to talk about. Okay. I want to share a simple way to present the gospel. And I want to do some training and equipping so that every one of us can have the ability to lead someone to Jesus Christ. Okay? I want every person... If you stick with me a little bit for these last, these next several weeks, I want everyone to have the ability to share the gospel. And I'm talking, hey, teenagers in the room, you can share the gospel too. This is not just for your mom and dad, this is for everyone. So, I've given you the finished, kind of the, the, the finished presentation, three-circle presentation up on the screen behind me, but I want to talk through quickly and draw it out just so you can see how I would put it on a piece of paper if I was explaining to someone how to get saved. Okay, here's where I would start. I would start by saying, do you know that there's a lot of brokenness in this world? Do you think they're going to disagree with you on that? You know how I lead into the gospel a lot lately? I say, hey, do you, do you think there's something wrong with our world? Do you think our world's going in a good direction or a bad direction? Guess what they're going to say? Bad. Yeah, they're going to say there's a lot of brokenness. Yeah, there's a lot of brokenness. And you know, any way you try to fix it, any path you take, 
to try to fix that brokenness just leaves you empty, doesn't it? You can't fix it. Any path. I mean, all I need to do is find myself. There's a lot of depressed people. People whose hearts are very, very, very dark or just empty. Because in trying to find themselves, there's nothing at the end of that journey. Or, like, I just need to be really good at something. I just need to be successful. I need to have money. That doesn't fix it. Maybe if I throw myself into a hobby and really just like, or throw myself into a sport or throw myself into something, that, that'll fix it. It doesn't. We know that. You know what? I will, I, I will throw myself into my marriage. I'll make sure my marriage is really great. I'll make my whole life about my kids. Please understand, if you start to worship your kids, they make terrible idols. Kids are only going to break your heart. Listen, take it from a dad who understands. I got a few of them. We do not worship our kids. We worship the Lord Jesus Christ and we disciple and love our kids. Sometimes too much, right? Amen. Amen. We love them like crazy. Still kind of beat up over losing my buddy to college. It's It's my buddy and he's... Off in college. He didn't even care either. That's the thing. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm sad. And he's all like, Dad, get out of here, man. It's like, no, but listen, buddy, I'm going to miss you so much. He's like, I'm not missing you. I'm like, there's all kinds of cool things I just heard about. You know, I'm gone. So, but, but if we put our lives into our kids, you know, at some point they fly the coop and you're there sitting alone looking at your old husband, bald old husband. That's my wife right now, right? I mean, there's just, there's, there's no... There, there, there's no hope in that. Right? And, and maybe you could throw your life into politics, let me tell you. Po- politics are not going to change this world. Maybe, maybe you could throw yourself into this false cultural message of if we just love each other better, then the world become a better place. We cannot fix this place. You cannot fix you. Broken. Right? Well, how do we get here? That's the first circle. We, what we talk about is God's perfect design. That God designed this world good. And then God gave humanity a choice. Two trees. Tree of life, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And guess what Adam and Eve chooses? The wrong tree. And that's how sin entered the world. But hey, The reality is, if you were given that choice too, you would choose the wrong tree. Because we keep choosing the wrong tree over and over and over again. That's the brokenness that we're experiencing in our world. The Bible says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Ain't none of you perfect, me either. There's broken. But not beyond repair or restoration. See, what's powerful is that God gives us a door out. Right? God gave you a soul to respond to Him. But the reality is is you can't fix yourself. So what He sent is His Son, Jesus. Right? God loved humanity that much that He wasn't just going to let us exist in our sin, but that He sent His Son to pay a penalty for our sin. All that, all that punishment we deserve, 
He took on himself. He died, and then he rose again. Jesus did this. To demonstrate that he is who he is. To show us that he has victory over death. He rose from the dead. And now, if you turn and believe, right? You'll experience the grace and mercy of God. Forgiveness. And then you can grow in your knowledge of God to return to that perfect design that God has established. Now, do you ever reach it as you grow? God's perfect design. Well, no. As you get sanctified until you're finally glorified, right? New heavens and new earth, which is right around the corner. Amen? Okay, does that make sense? Simple presentation, three circles. Here's what I want from you. Can you just practice this this week with somebody? Try it out on your, your spouse or your kids. Just do it at the dinner table. Talk through the gospel. Next week, we're going to apply a lot of scripture to this. And we're going to keep working this over the next several weeks as we talk about apologetics. And we talk about scripture and how scripture changes the hearts of people. And we're going to work through a lot of these simple principles. But I want this to really be one of the key things that we commit to memory. A simple presentation of the gospel. And then this week, I want you to practice it. But you know, I, want, I, I really have a, a belief for the, the people who are a part of this church. I believe that we're spirit-filled. And I believe there's opportunities to talk about Jesus every day. I would like you to have this conversation with someone who doesn't know Jesus this week. What's holding you back? If you don't do this, who will? You, you think they're going to get turn on like the news and find this? Think you get on TikTok and all of a sudden this is going to pop up on their reels? Listen, if, if you don't say this, who will? Final thing. Final thing. I think what holds people back from presenting the gospel, it's a level of interest. I think what holds people back is that we're not really interested in our faith. We're bored. Maybe we grew up believing this. or Maybe we don't even have a real strong relationship to begin with. So it's not really compelling because you're not compelled by it. So you who are spirit-filled, you have to have a real relationship with God. And then that spills out. The greatest lie that Satan convinces both believers and unbelievers is this. There's always more time. You don't need to give your heart to God right now. Just give it a little bit more time. You don't need to get into this conversation right now. You're going to have years with this person. You don't need to jump into this because, you know, you're going to live till you're 100 years old. Just wait. Wait till the time is right. You all have stories like this, but I have a story of a buddy I had, grew up with, and he died playing disc golf in his early 30s. And he was one of those guys that I'd have conversations with at different periods of time. And I was like, you know, you're convinced in your mind that they're going to, you know, we're going to live forever. He's a high school buddy, grew up in Stony Lake, like right along with me. 
hung out as kids. His heart gives out playing disc golf. I mean, and you think in your head, there's more time. We got more time. We got more time. You don't. You don't have more time. I mean, you got to seize these opportunities right now. Right now. All right. Let's pray together. Father, we don't speak the gospel out of guilt <laughs> or because you know, we listen to a message like this and think, oh, I better, I better do that now. No, we do it because our hearts are so full of you and we have experienced the goodness and love of you, Father, that we can't help but talk about it. We have to share our faith. We have to talk to people about Jesus because everyone needs to hear about this good thing. But when we, when we really think about all the things you've done for us, it is so incredible. It's so, it's so mind-boggling that you would care so much. That we want everyone to hear this. Father, we just... We just want to see hearts and lives transform. I just pray just a fresh spirit to come over the people here that we will then speak this truth. Let us just see the people who need to hear about Christ and just let our hearts ache and burn just knowing that it has to be shared. I pray that your spirit will move. Please. As we think about and reflect on the goodness of you, God, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We just want to close by just reminding ourselves of exactly what Christ did for us. So would you stand with us as we sing? Men of sorrows, what a name for the Son of God who came.
okay, let me pull it back together. Oh, my word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I just just carry that outside these four walls. Let's just take the goodness of God out of the people who need to hear it. People need to hear it. Amen? Amen. All right. We have a prayer team that meets up front for your spiritual, emotional, or physical healing. Please come forward and someone will lay hands on you. We got cards in the chairs in front of you. Put out some prayer requests. We want to pray for you guys. Put it on the prayer wall right outside these doors. And every Sunday night we have a prayer meeting at 6 o'clock. And we'll pray for you there too. Or you can pray on behalf of the church. All right. Check out that volunteer board as you're walking out, please. We would really like a lot of people walking by there and looking at some of the needs that we have here around Shores Community Church. Let's pray. Father, we, we are just thankful. All we can say is hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It's all God. And, and, and not us, it's your Holy Spirit. Now we pray that your Holy Spirit will activate us and move in us and cause us to be those fearless witnesses of the mysteries of the gospel. Let us herald truth. Pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Hey, I love you guys. I love you more than you know.